Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host with the most, as always, Adela Marcy. And today we've got quite a good friend of mine, someone that I have had the very lovely opportunity to get to know, work with, just, you know, I've known her for, for a few years and I was like, I really should get her on the show. And that is my friend, Courtney Bedore. Now, Courtney Bedore um, might not be a household name if you don't know who she is, but if you know who she is, uh, you already know how much of a badass she is and how cool I think she is. So in this case, I had to get her on the show because I want as many of you guys to know who she is um, and all the cool things that she does. Courtney, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to get you to talk about yourself quite a bit in a minute because like, I want everyone to kind of know who you are from your perspective because how I know you is like, a little bit different. But real shout out before we begin to our sponsors. Uh, sponsor for this show is, of course, FlowAutomationInc.com. That's I-N-C, not I-N-K. And Flow as in F-L-O-W, not just with an O, uh, AutomationInc.com. Go there, check out Courtney's podcast, which is the Greater Than Business podcast. Um, how often do you guys release, by the way? Every Tuesday, so weekly. Every Tuesday, go there, pick up some good stuff, and then come back here on the Fridays to listen to this uh, amazing show. And as always, we're sponsored by AdelaMarcy.com. Go check it out. Figure out some cool stuff there and listen to previous episodes. All right, so let's just jump right into it. So, Courtney, the way that I met you was through, if I'm not mistaken, Jen Scalia, like three yes. years ago. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, I can't remember when it was exactly, but I remember December. I was at my sister's... Yeah, I was at my sister's house for Christmas. Christmas. Yep. Yeah. And I only remember this because I got robbed two days before I did that show. <laughs> yes, it yes. was a disaster. Oh, yeah, because I had to throw in a last-minute presentation, recreate an entire product suite, and get all my stuff sorted, and do this live telecast that I said that I'd do for my friend Jen Scalia on Facebook. And I'm like, um, my house just got broken into. I don't have a laptop. <laughs> I thankfully have an iMac, which they weirdly didn't steal, which I'm grateful for. <laughs> But it's really slow. It was a crazy, crazy ass time. But like, yeah. so since then, I've known you. You've gone on to actually build funnels. You've written some copy. You've actually built a fairly profitable business because if I remember correctly, you also specialize in Infusionsoft. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I have been doing Infusionsoft for a while and it's, it's so weird because it's kind of my happy place, which everyone seems to hate Infusionsoft and they yeah. think it's overly complicated. And for me, it just came naturally and easy. And I basically started building my whole business around that. And then when I decided to take a step back from working with clients, that was when I created Flow Automation. And from there, I basically teaching people how to use Infusionsoft better, but also I've branched out and I'm, I guess, teaching automation as a whole and how that can really help gain control back of your life and not have you sitting in front of a computer 24-7 stressing. Yeah, that's actually a good thing. I've been moving more towards that um, lately in my own life, to be fair, like figuring yeah. out ways I can actually automate my life so I don't have to be presently in front of the laptop all the time because I've taken a couple of days off since we've known each other because to give you guys an idea when Courtney knew me and she can attest to this I think I was working practically flat out seven days a week I don't know if you remember that like I was it wasn't just because I got like robbed it was just constant after that I was like constantly working yeah you were busy and it was not incredibly hard to get a hold of you but when we would chat it would be days between hellos and it was like there was always mass something big that was happening with you. Yeah. Like it was never a case of, oh, yeah, no, I'm having a good day. It's actually relaxed. It was like, no, I've got to get this thing in. Otherwise, the whole universe is going to collapse. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, regular day to day <laughs> no pressure. stuff then. No pressure whatsoever. Go do your thing. But yeah. So, since then, I've actually started taking more and more days off. Like right now, Sundays are my sacred days. You just don't mess with me on a Sunday. My Sunday is I will chill out and be mostly unavailable. Um, and I've realized that is so much more my happier place, which is why I'm building as much automation into my business as possible. So I don't have to deal with day to day stuff, uh, which is lovely. But one of the things I really did want to start asking was more or less, uh, on the side of what have you been doing personally to actually create automation in your own life? Because I know you're a mom, so 
there is that um, time that you have like a, a shortage of times compared to someone that doesn't have a child that's doing this. Like, how did you automate parts of your life so you could actually, A, be an awesome mom, but B, um, still earn quite a good living? So my life or my business? Oh. Which... <laughs> you don't give um, me a choice. I'm going to go with my... the, like, option three and ask for both. Of course. Um, so, yeah, my business itself, I basically create everything to be timeless. So that is something that I try to do where I create content that is reusable. It doesn't necessarily expire. Um, everything leads to some sort of a funnel or, and when I say funnel, I don't mean like jam sales down your throat funnel. I just mean automatic emails that come and nurture leads and that kind of thing. Um, I'm not a heavy marketer. I don't, I, I guess, I don't know how to word that, but I'm just, it's when I say funnel, I don't mean that endless scroll of clicking in order to get to the next stage to actually get the thing that I signed up for. Like those are a different type of funnel. Um, the funnels I'm talking about are basically just automatic emails that will nurture you towards a really organic sale. Um, but that was a tangent that I just went on there. So what was, what was the question again? <laughs> what was I talking about? How do you automate your life like and your business yeah. so you can actually spend, like what automation systems have you got? Yeah. So that's, that's a big one is making sure that I'm always nurturing, but I'm nurturing in a very strategic way with my work. So I don't have to worry about not speaking to my list for a while now. I know that each week they're going to get two emails. They're all value. And then if you're in a funnel, you're going to get strategic emails that make sense for where you are by obviously what opt-in you joined into the business with. Um, so that has created a whole lot more time for me. Um, one of my biggest things that I've done is this isn't really to do with automation, but it's kind of a, a thing that's really helped me with setting up boundaries and making sure that if my kids are home, that is a no contact zone. Like I'm, you're not going to get my full attention because I have two kids and I'm going to be doing things with them. And I don't care if you feel that your business is collapsing. It's not. It's perfectly fine. And it'll be there in the morning and we can deal with it then. So setting up those boundaries, being able to control my own life more so than having my business control me was a big change. And automating my life isn't necessarily something that I've done. Like I have a whole bunch of little gadgety things that make my life a lot easier. Um, I have subscribed to like food box services so I don't have to cook meals as much. They just kind of come to my door and it's just easy. Um, <laughs> so I guess that's kind of automation. Okay, that's pretty cool. But I was going to ask, so like, I actually think that people split into like three different camps when it comes to food. And that that is, I love cooking. I don't I love, love cook cooking. But I, I like cooking. I love it, but I hate it all at the same time. What do you hate about it? I hate it that when I'm cooking and I love to cook because I like creating things and then once I actually sit down to eat, I'm not hungry anymore because I've snacked the entire time I'm cooking or I am exhausted from cooking and I've just like completely lost my appetite. So it frustrates me <laughs> because I don't get to actually enjoy the meal that I just made or this is getting into husband pet peeve here, but I'll make something that tastes fantastic. And then I feel like my husband and my children will then just put ketchup all over it. So why did wait, I spend? Wait, wait, have you got beef with ketchup? <laughs> no, right no, yeah. it's just ketchup should not be a seasoning that you add to every single meal. Not every single meal, but some meals no, you like, gotta have ketchup. Like fries, yeah. you can't have fries without ketchup. No, but like if, I, I can't even... Wait, what, think what's of the an weirdest example. thing that, what, what's the weirdest thing they put ketchup on it's not pasta, I don't know. is it no no they put it on like if i make like roasted potatoes or something that are not meant to have ketchup on them then they put ketchup on them yeah you'd hate me yeah hate me. 
Because yeah, I do I, put I don't put ketchup on them. I have like a little tray of ketchup on the side that I can just randomly dip into. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I'm not a big I, I don't have anything personally against ketchup. This Jeez. podcast is completely gone <laughs> so far so far to the wrong side right now, but <laughs> I, I I'm not saying that I hate ketchup. Everyone now so, on my podcast is gonna start sending you messages of either I love ketchup, what's wrong with you? Or I hate ketchup, <laughs> you totally get me. No, I I like ketchup, but I hate this is this is what I hate when you put ketchup on something that is warm, and then you have that instant burst of cold ketchup when you bite into something that oh, bothers. Yeah. Me. See that bothers so, me too, which is why you make sure your ketchup is lukewarm and like room temp. Keep it yeah. room temperature. Like ketchup, it's all good. It's all good. But it has right. to be in the fridge, doesn't it? In the U.S., maybe in the U.K., no. Like in the U.K., usually most people don't put the ketchup in the fridge. Yeah, well, I'm not in the U.S. I'm in this hybrid country that is part U.K., part American. <laughs> Wait, which country are you in? Are you in Canada? Yeah, I'm Canadian. I know. I was going to say that. I was like, I know she doesn't live in the U.S., but I no. thought you guys had the same rules in the U.S. and Canada about, like, it's, how you store things. Yeah, it's weird. Like, American culture creeps up, but yet we still, I don't You're know, we pick Canadian. up certain things. You're yeah, very much Canadian. It, I was it's say, a. If I didn't catch that with how you say about, I swear to God, there's something <laughs> wrong. Right? So yeah, I'm like, no, And yeah. my husband's my husband's half American, so we have a bunch of American family members, and the it's it's so funny the little differences that we have between the two countries, but and just the the random things that they do, like keeping ketchup in the fridge or ketchup on the counter or where they put their eggs. Back yeah, it, it's, so. It's, crazy if we're gonna get into like crazy food topics now i think what's we another weird well okay so what if we're going straight dividing people here with ketchup versus like liking ketchup and not liking ketchup Ooh, what do you guys that. do you do you in the uk do you guys have the pineapple on pizza debate oh yeah we do it shouldn't be on is a that pizza. no it should not okay at least we agree on that a pizza is a very pure thing. You don't fuck with it. It's timeless. No, you can't put pineapple on it. I know. It's like the this... dumbest thing ever. I refuse to eat pizza with anyone that puts pineapple on it. Like, we'll have, like, a margarita. With, like, I'm a basic bitch. I'll say it out there. I love margarita pizza. <laughs> okay. Like, so, funny story. I was actually with hanging out with a friend of mine yesterday who is a really good friend of yours as well. Wait, wait and friend? Cassie. Howard? Yeah. Oh fuck no! No, you didn't tell me that. Uh, if you we, see her again, give her a big ass hug and tell her I gave it to to you. Gave it to her for you. <laughs> we were talking. Woman. We hung out in Toronto all day yesterday, and we I forget how your name got brought up, but she's like, "Oh, this guy," but you mu- you won't know him. And I was like, "I've known him for longer than you've known him." Like we we literally had a little fight over you. But okay, I've got to ask, was it all like good things? Because I've been getting paranoid lately that people oh, talk no, about me in was... rooms and it's like terrible. He's such an asshole. It's like, that's true too, but still. No, it was it was so good. I forget how it came up. It was something about your podcast. And I'm like, I'm going to be on it tomorrow. And she just like, we couldn't get over how hilarious it was that everything just kind of came around. But she yesterday was, she called me basic in front of the waiter when we were having dinner. Because I'm a I'm a very simple person to please, and I like very boring things. And I I have go tos at restaurants for beverages that if they have it, then I get it, and I'm predictable. Yeah. And same. Cassie always laughs at me because like it's not classy food or no, it's like what do you want? I want a burger. It's like a regular. No. Oh, I can't. I- I can't have a burger because she's vegan. So I had to make uh, no, sure I mean, that like, I was if it respectful. Was just you. If it was just you by yourself, that's yeah. what I mean. Like you have a go-to. Yeah, but I'm but I'm adventurous with food. And when I go out with her, I always try to make sure that I order something that is semi-vegan. I will not sacrifice cheese. I put cheese on everything. So and she gets that. But it was funny because we it was it was about drinks because I went to she knows my my beer, like my go-to beer is just Coors Light. Like it's not anything fancy. It's like the cheapest beer. It's the lightest beer. Like it's barely even beer. It's water. But it's it's my go-to. And she was laughing at me. 
because I can't get out of my go-to because I just don't like anything else. And we were at a really fancy restaurant and they're not going to have that on the menu. So then I, my default after that is basically ordering sangria because it's easy and you can't really mess up sangria and it usually tastes good. And then she was making fun of me because of my tea choice as well. I drink tea, but I really like Tetley. And she's like, you can't like that tea. Like you need to, because she owns the tea company as well. Yeah. Matcha tea. I've so, actually got a couple of uh, things. Oh my well. gosh. It is so good. So we, good. we could just. Shout out yeah, to matcha tea, by the way. Like um, Meta, Meta Tico. That's, that's it. Meta Tico. That's it. M-E-T-T-A-C-O. Check them out. It's Cassie's brand. It's fucking awesome though. Oh. But and then we had the debate on she loves the cozy tea and I like focus, which is the green one, like the green label. I'm sorry. I got to side with that. I'm cozy as fuck. I, I drink oh. that one. I'm See, sorry. I, it's just good. It, it's a good flavor. It's Oh, yeah, it's good. But I just like the simplicity of making the focus because you can just add water and it's done. Like it's so easy. Fair. But as far as it goes with basic shit, the reason I get, like, chewed out by literally everyone about, like, my choices in pizza, or, or like, anything, really, because I'm one of those really weird people, like, I'm simple to please because I like simple foods, but I'm also the most, I'm one of the worst people to actually go out with because what I like simple, like, most people try and make it complex. Like, for instance, a burger to me is you have a bun, you have your meat, or your veg, whatever patty you want, your cheese, and because it's me, ketchup. Because the ketchup's really, really warm when it comes in. It's nice and it, it's perfect. It's room temperature. It doesn't have that coldness when you bite into it. It tastes nice. Yeah, that makes sense. It is so hard to like go to a place and be like, have no salad on it, please. No onions, no tomatoes, no salad. I just want I just want a basic ass burger. Really nice. <laughs> People get really weird about it. Margaritas, the same. But the reason that I actually believe simplicity actually works in those places, it's like, I'm very much like you. I have a set list in my brain of foods I will eat with the right people based on different levels of restaurants based on my friends. So it's my friends from way back when, like hood days, Adil, whenever I go home, I know it's like six restaurants we'll always go to. And I know my exact order in every one of those six restaurants. And I know all my backup orders in case they don't have my main order. Okay. Is that not the worst thing ever when you go to a restaurant and you want your regular dish and they've discontinued it? Yeah. Drives me nuts. That's why I have a backup. <laughs> that's why I always have like a backup that I really like. So I have the backup. Okay. And the backup becomes my favorite. And then once, like if they removed an item from the list, I'll find something else as a backup to that backup to like keep me going. But you have clearly never been pregnant. No, you've never been pregnant and had a pregnancy craving. Clearly, when I don't have have it doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) I have a food baby. That's all I have. No, the worst thing imaginable is being pregnant and you're having a craving for a food that doesn't exist, and you can't physically get it. But it used to exist. And it doesn't exist anymore. See, like this, when, this is a good, sorry to interrupt you. This is the reason why I learned how to cook when I was younger. I knew one day I would get a woman pregnant and she'd be like, I want, I'm craving some really ridiculous thing. And I'm like, okay, tell me about it. She'll tell me about it. I'm like, fine, cool. I'll look up the, I'll look up the recipe somewhere. Someone I know must know it and I'm going to make it. So then she's happy and doesn't kill me. But it won't be the same. It won't be the same. <laughs> but we damn close. But it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted. Okay, this is another random tangent story, but I. Think I most of these are to be fair. Oh yeah, we're we're totally falling down a rabbit hole here. But when I was pregnant with my daughter, I wanted my high school cafeteria's chicken burger. What the hell? That is super specific. <laughs> I know, and it was to the point where I almost was going to drive back home to where I'm from and see if I could figure out how to get into the high school and order the chicken burger. Like it was getting to creepy territory. It, it was bad. And so then I thought, okay, I'll try. That's creepy. I I started going on like a, a quest to find a chicken burger that would taste close enough to this garbage one I used to have at the high school cafeteria when I was growing up. And I found it at Wendy's 
Do you guys have Wendy's in, no, or have you heard of it? I've you you know it. what it is though. Yeah. Okay. So it's yeah, just, it's, it's a chain restaurant. It's like whatever. It's basically um, a McDonald's-esque type chain restaurant. It's not yeah. the same, but they will be, they began around the same time. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, I went to Wendy's, got the chicken burger and it tasted close enough. Like it, it did the trick, filled the craving. I survived. However, I got food poisoning from it. No way. So it was like it came back and bit me in the ass. The fact that I wanted this burger so bad. And then not only did I get food poisoning from this chicken burger, but I had it while I was pregnant. And there's literally no drugs that they can give you to stop you from getting sick. True. Chase agrees with you. He knows. He's been a dad twice. I, yeah, he gets it. Yeah, my cat and, was like on point with that, by the way. I just want to point that out. He, that was unprovoked meowing. My cat is lying pretty much dead on the couch right now. They she usually, is not moving. <laughs> they usually are until I'm on a podcast and I'm like, fuck everything up. I'm like, God damn it. As my cats do. But one of the things I was going to say, like jumping back into this, and you might have something think, oh, what crazy ass stuff. There is some really good stuff that I do want to share with you, specifically how you've automated quite a bit of your life. And what I'm going to say here is these kinds of conversations that we're having that are just open and free, these are the conversations that your audience, the, by the way, that you serve, don't do it all the time. Once in a while, your audience fucking loves these. Like, the amount of engagement I've had where I've done Facebook Live, so I had just a regular conversation, is incredible. I, I think I did a show back in September um, where one of the guys literally just asked me if my hair naturally sits the way it does or if I put something in it. <laughs> That was a five-minute conversation on a Facebook Live. He was typing and commenting, and I was just speaking. And I was trying to get back to my point, but every time I said something, he'd comment. I'm like, God damn it. So that became a thing. But what I was going to say as far as it goes with, um, with automation and stuff like that, especially with flow automation, so, right, a lot of people have a problem kind of, you know, having that, giving up that control to build up a system and believing that the system will work. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, because like that's just letting go of control. So my question really is, how do you get your clients to let go of that control? Because obviously they, they, they have that level of like, but what about this? Um, It's basically just educating them and letting them know what can and cannot be done because there are limitations to what you can automate. Um. There's certain things that only like only you can do in your business and we can't you can't automate that or people will see the actually one of the worst things is when people see someone else's they'll they'll see someone else's system and then think, "Oh, I should do that too." Yep. And then you start like looking at it and I'll start researching it and I'll go backwards and kind of start at one end and try and figure out how they automated it and what they've done. And when I start doing that, I'm like, okay, so we don't even really need this in your business. It's not a priority right now. It looks fancy. It looks like something fun, but yet it's going to cost so much time to be able to get it in place for the maybe one time a year you're going to use it. So our time is spent, spent better elsewhere and trying to, get people to see that is really hard sometimes and also to let them know that there are limitations and just because you see someone else doing it you don't know what's on their back end you don't know if there's literally a VA sitting there hitting buttons so it's not actually automated it's just something that they've hired someone to help do this like close a gap in an automation sequence where it's just not possible to do the two things so trying to teach them what's possible what's realistic, what is actually priority is a big thing because there's some automations that are nice to haves and then there's others that are like need to haves. Like lead generation, you should have at least one automatic form of lead generation in your business at all times. So that's a big one. And a lot of people don't have that. Agreed. And they're they, so they just they, they, like I've had that with um, copy clients. We need to have like a 15-step email sequence. No, you don't. You only need five. No, but so Russell Brunson has like 15. You need to follow Russell. Russell can go kiss my ass. No, yeah. you need five. And, and I that's the Russell. biggest thing. Like he, if, if it works for somebody, take 
little pieces of what is working for them and see if it works for you. But you don't need to copy someone verbatim. Like just because they say 15 emails works, it doesn't mean that you need 15 emails in every single sequence. Just take the pieces that you like of what you experienced with them and then make it your own. And like you, it's, it's like, it's the same way with teaching. Like when you're learning from a course or a coach, you don't have to do and like follow every single step and make a carbon copy of it. Just take the pieces that work for you, work for your business, work for your objective, and then make it your own. And you don't need to just make sure that you have all of these crazy steps in place. As long as you have enough steps in place that make sense for the place you are in your business. Like if you're just starting out and you're spending months writing email sequences, like 15 to 25 emails per sequence, then why? You don't have enough people to justify it. You should be working on bringing in leads and then slowly building out that email sequence. But you don't need it all before you can start bringing leads in. Like it's kind of cart before the horse type scenario. Exactly. It's kind of And you have to like it's priorities. It goes back to setting up priorities again. Oh, by the way, I'm just gonna say this right now. If it doesn't happen by like by the time the show comes out in like January, February, I'm gonna say now you and I should totally team up and call some like create something called a basic bitch funnel. (laughs) And the basic bitch funnel is like three things and five emails. What's thing number one? Opt-in page. Number two, thing to sell. Number three, thank you for buying the thing. That's all you have. It's three steps. Yep. Like, that is, by the way, guys, that is like the most basic bitch funnel you can use to get to six figures. Like, um, Justin Goff, who I interviewed at the start of uh, January, go listen to his show with me. Um, we actually spoke about this, how he did, how he went from broke to a hundred grand in sales in 90 days. And he didn't even know what to do with the back end. He was just optimizing his front end office so much that it was basically bringing in a hundred grand over the 90 days. Yeah. It's insane how much simplicity can sell. Yeah. Simplicity is the reason why people do it. Yeah. Well, I, I could go on a huge rant about making things overly complicated, but please do. (laughs) (laughs) We only, we only have a certain amount of time here, people. But she, she thinks <laughs> nine hours later, we're still recording this podcast. <laughs> she says that like she doesn't mean it. It was nine hours later. I just edited this thing down. I'm kidding. I yeah. Haven't. I never edit <laughs> you, my show. You cut, out, you cut out the huge story that I just finished explaining. So exactly. guys, if you missed it, I'm so sorry. It was an eight hour rant. Okay. I just couldn't help myself. She said she was going on a rant. I thought it was like going to be like five minutes. No, eight hours later. I was sat oh, no. there like, I'm just going to go cook. I was, I made dinner. <laughs> I was on mute the entire time. Yeah, it was, I, I'm pretty sure you just left and then came back. Pretty much, but, but you can hear my cat meowing in the background because that's basically because <laughs> I've moved rooms at this point. I haven't done any of this. I'm just fucking with you guys. I don't ever edit the show because I hate editing. <laughs> it comes down to basically keeping it simple. It would be uh, if you had to edit every single um and awe ah and everything out of your podcast, then it's going to take up time rooms. and just keep it natural. And every I'm one of those fucking meows. Have you heard my dog in the background yet? No, I haven't. My cat. He's been <laughs> he's been pacing and whimpering, and he wants out of the room that I'm in right now. And of course, I get on a podcast, and he can't just lay there and sleep like he does ninety five percent of the rest of the day. I know they're just like, wait, hold on, I'm gonna try to get attention. I was like, now, now, motherfucker, I've been I've been here this entire time. You're gonna yeah. try. We're now moving, by the way. I'm literally walking up the stairs to go find out what the hell my cat's doing. So and go back downstairs because yeah. I did. I left my old place, by the way. I don't know if I've actually, if I told you, but yeah, I left my old place um, in April and I basically moved into a much nicer place that has an upstairs, which is troublesome because cat likes going. Upstairs. I think I was talking to you about the move where you were in the process of moving. Yeah. I was. And a couple times ago, like a couple, of, months a couple ago. of our conversations ago. I can't even remember. Yeah, it was uh, it was like March, April. 
but we were discussing that and it happened. But anyway, back to the whole thing. What I was going to say, as far as it goes to people overcomplicating shit, yeah, it's kind of those people that they look at a sales letter and go, oh, this is never going to work. It's too short or it's too long or it's... I'm like, bitch, I know what I'm doing. If you knew what you were doing, you should have done it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like, and there is reason why that I use certain words that are simple. Uh, I had a client literally tell me, gum. Oh, I was going to say, just because you see it work for someone else doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. Yeah, your audience doesn't like, respond to the same thing their audience does. No, exactly. And if someone has a 19-page sales page, or like a forever scrolling page, that doesn't mean that every single one of your sales pages needs to look like that. I've seen people literally not even have a sales page and just send people to a cart, and they've made so much money from that like like it you don't, you don't have, have to do everything, everything just because a guru tells you that that's how it has to be done and i wish that some people would understand that and realize like do you and you is what is going to sell you don't need to worry about everything else and making it look like you're something that you're not because then you 95 percent of the time you actually won't get the clients that you want Exactly. I mean, it's. Um, I remember back in the day because I've been around for so goddamn long at this point. It's weird to say that I've been here for twelve years. That I've been in the game for twelve. Because you're younger than me. Yeah. But like substantially younger than me. Wait, I'm not substantially younger than you, am I? Uh, well, three, three whole years. years but that's not substantial. I'm a tenth your age, in difference. You, I. Yeah. Okay. Granted, I don't have any children. And you seem way more mature than me in this case. And I say that simply I, because I don't think you'd be the one to blow, like, 30 bucks in a sweet store for yourself at this age. I, I feel like you were stalking me because we literally did that the other day. Wait, did you and Cassie actually, like, buy $30 worth of sweets? No, no. My family and I went to... We stopped at this... Um, Candy store. Store. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's actually an Apple store. Um, like, they sell apple candy? the fruit, not apple oh, the device. Oh, okay, I was going to say. Um, no, it was, it, was an, it was an Apple store, and you go and you can buy, like, fresh-baked apple goods and all the stuff, and on one side of the store they have candy, and the other side they have... But is it apple candy, or is it just, like, regular bad-for-you candy? Like, regular bad-for-you candy. Good stuff. Like, all the candy that you grew up on that you can't find anymore, and they literally just have buckets that you can fill up. Yeah, you spent, like, 50 bucks so in there. We, we spent, well, we, I, I bought a candy apple. That was one thing I wanted, and then I bought a, like, jar full of candy. Okay, how much did you spend? And I haven't eaten it yet. $36. Okay, I love the fact that that was the case. By the way, guys, <laughs> the way that you're actually hearing this, the narrative is that she spent $30 on a candied apple and $6 on sweets. Hence, I still win. Yay. I don't no. really... I, I technically no. win because I spent more than you, but it's fine. Are, are we getting in a competition about who can eat more candy? Bring it on, bitch. I'm pretty sure you'll win. Uh, you'll, you'll win candy because that's not my guilty pleasure. Mine is chips. Oh, same here. You'll lose at that oh, one, wait. too. Okay, but hold on, we're having like language barrier. Chips as in crisps, it's the same thing, I know what you mean, yes, you'd lose. Yeah, okay, I was going to say, I think you call them crisps, but, but I chips. mean like chips. Yeah, no, yes. I know exactly what you mean. I actually, You say this oh, to a man that has like a can of Pringles right next to his office right now, and he's like, I'm going to eat these as soon as I get a moment to mute myself. I am looking at the bag of Doritos that is literally sitting right what flavor? inside my office. What flavor? Nacho cheese. Oh, Nacho cheese. damn right. Damn right. But for me, I like the original tangy cheese because that is the shit. Especially when you got... Tangy? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's tangy cheese? Oh, it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the orange one. That's what they have. That's the name of it over here. Oh, okay. I think it's zesty. Yeah, zesty, zesty over there, cheese. tangy over here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I have never had tangy. I don't know what this is. Yeah, zesty is what it was called over in Canada, I have to remember. Uh, but yeah, take it this way. That Dorito dust tastes good afterwards. Like especially when you're in between stuff and just like scrape it off, and it's like this big amount of like dust that comes you, off. You have not eaten enough Doritos unless you have that orange film on your fingers that you're pretty sure is like never gonna come off. Oh yeah. 
And like use your like, teeth to actually like scrape off the thick film yeah. part and have the orangey dusty bit left over. Yeah, you've not you've not like, you're not a true Dorito fan if you don't have that shit on like some part of your clothing and a TV remote oh, yeah. or a game controller. It, it's those kinds of areas. Like a game controller. You just, like, like summarized my, my entire, entire childhood with the Doritos on the N64 controller. <laughs> yeah, um, by the way, this, yeah, I was going to say, as far as it goes, you guys um, definitely need to check out something called the Raspberry Pi. Like, you definitely need to check this out. It's, like, 150 bucks. I bought it online, um, and this company sells it, and you get two, I got two control pads, so that's fine. But it wasn't like the control pads of the N uh, Super the SNES, the Super Nintendo. They're the controls for that, and you get nine con. What was it? Sorry, thirty consoles and nine thousand games from this thing, including. Why do you need nine thousand games? It has every title, nearly every title that came out to every one of the consoles that I'm going to mention, including oh. the Master System, the Mega Drive, the NES, the SNES, the N64, the PlayStation. It's all on there. That's crazy. The only game they don't have, which I need to figure out how they do do this, is the uh, is GoldenEye. I really want GoldenEye. Oh, that was such a good one. Yeah. It's one of those games that when you go back, you're like, this is such a good game. I sucked at it, though. I remember this one level used to really annoy me. Cause it was the first level. I couldn't get past the first level on that game. I don't know if I ever played the, the actual game version. I think we just played the run around and shoot your friends. like The, the best version ever, yeah. Just yeah, run, yeah, just run that, and go. When, when, when you can only beat your kids, or beat your kids, <laughs> beat your, beat kids. your friends. <laughs> Don't beat your kids. Um, <laughs> the only, the only thing I remember is playing Mario Kart. Yep. When you go into battle mode, oh, and then there was always that one friend that was way better than everyone else. But then you put them. If you're tired of them beating you, then you could go into Goldmine. Be like, okay, hold up. I, I got this one now, and then you can just go kill them there, and it made you feel better. Yeah, my friends actually feel I had like a really complicated childhood. No, my friends have the exact same thing with me. With um, they don't play me on any beat 'em up games like Street Fighter, Tekken, Injustice, God Among Us. They will God's Among Us. They will never let me play those games with them. <laughs> the reason is I have an eidetic memory. So I think I knew that. Yeah, because we've discussed this before. Because like one yeah, of the things sure. that one of the things that you did ask me years ago was how the hell do I remember almost every like so many details? Because we were doing that call and I was doing live breakdowns of copy like on the fly, and you're like, how the fuck do you remember all everyone's names, details, and what they're doing? I was like, eidetic memory. I see it once, I remember it. Um, yeah. I do that with that games where I figure out the combos and then start using the combos, <laughs> and my friends get mad at me because like you can't use combos. I was like, why not? Like, the special moves in the game that you should be able to know how to do. So you basically cheated no, at everything. No, how game. did I cheat by using it's, the it's actual... Kinda, it's kind of cheating. Because I didn't button bash? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the only way you can play this game, is button bash. Like, no. Just... No, who, what, why? How do you have any enjoyment of that game? It's like, you should not play this I, game I with me. I used to cheat so bad. So bad. At, at Mario Kart, I used to cheat all the time. It was, like, like so, bad. so bad. And, and actually, they... Now, do you hear yeah, the I had the dog then. I was like, yeah, he just heard you say cheat. And you're like, wait, no. No, mom didn't. Mom didn't cheat. No, no he... He's, he's pretending to be a guard dog, dog right now. And, oh, I think, I think the, male's the male's here. I love the fact that he said pretending to be a guard dog because that is genuinely the case with dogs that are, like, super loved up when they're, when they're pups and stuff like that and come from good homes. They're like, I'm gonna try and be a god dog. Wait, no, no, I can't do this. This, this is not me. <laughs> yeah, he, he does think he's a guard dog. Like, he, he has a breed in him that is a guard dog. He's part Doberman. Oh. So he has, he should be a guard dog. But then his other half is a cocker spaniel. So he's like this furry little fuzzy. Looking, looking Doberman, Doberman puppy is what he looks like, like. but he's, but he's full grown, grown and three years old. So, he's. But I, I think some days his Doberman comes out in him and he's like, oh, I'm a ferocious guard dog. I will protect you. And then someone comes to the door and he just goes over and the cocker spaniel comes out and he starts cuddling them and like. 
he he was supposed to save me in our new house living out in the middle of nowhere but yeah he's he doesn't save me at all yeah i can imagine that would be the case with my cat luna like someone broke in chase me all up on them luna would be like okay if you're gonna kill him fuss me first just play with me for a little bit yeah. But I also feel like if they actually tried to play with her, she'd be like, haha, got you, knives in the eyes. Yeah. yeah. This cat's a weird See, I, our, our cat is new. We've only had her since February. And we bought her because we're having... A house sale. We, we, live in the, we live in the middle of nowhere. And our property used to obviously be an abandoned field, and then we built a house on it. And... There was, there was clearly, clearly mice, mice that lived here before we built, we built. And, and clearly, clearly the mice wanted to come into the house and live here and we were not having that because it's a brand new house and we don't want mice so we got a cat thinking that she might scare them away and keep them away she hasn't done a job has she she is actually fantastic at her job we have not seen any mice since then I think it was probably a week after we got her, she corralled two of the mice into a live mouse trap that we have. And she, so she didn't eat them, she didn't hurt them, she just put them in the trap. And then I obviously picked up the trap and took the mice for a nice little drive and let them go. <laughs> You're someone else's problem now. Yeah, go, go live at this new house. Have fun. You know, this, this is where having a list of where your exes live come in, comes in handy. Just drop a mouse I out every single time. Yeah, I don't have enough exes that I really even think about to, and, or want to be vindictive to. <laughs> Same, but I'm just saying, you could just totally imagine this would be a skit that someone just does one day. Just to mess with them, like, oh, yeah. dropped off mice. It's a messed up human. You take all, all the mice that live at my house and drop them off if you've harmed me in some way back in the past. <laughs> yes, but I don't hold a grudge at all. I'm, I'm, I'm also lazy, so I'm, I'm literally, like, the first time I let the mice go, um, before we got the cat, because this is, like, like, it was a constant battle of catching mice in the live trap, letting them go, catching them again, letting them go, and I don't think I was driving far enough away because I was lazy. The first time I just let, I took the trap down to the end of the road and let them out, and Jeff was like, no, Jeff's my husband, and he basically said, no, 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 you have to actually take them farther away. So then I got in the car the one day and literally drove five minutes down the road, and it's like, yeah, that's far enough, we're, we're good, these little mice aren't going to come back, and I'm pretty sure that I literally, for seven months, just was catching and releasing the same two mice. <laughs> just uh, Until the cat came, and now we haven't seen them, so... The cat has either just doesn't care and lets them just live their life wherever they live in our house, or they're actually gone now. Yeah. We'll see. Agreed. So, that was how I dealt with that problem in my life, was I got a cat. Usually the way that, like, that sounds like the start or the end of a really bad joke. It's like, yeah. And that's why I have a cat and why I'm single and everyone like feels I'm weird. That could be like the things that could be said about me, but not true. Um, because, you know. But you, but you have two cats, cats, don't you? I do. If I have one more, then like apparently questions are going to be asked. Then, then you will become a crazy cat lady. Apparently it gets weirder with men. Men don't get the crazy cat man because like you can be fairly normal looking but with cats. So at that point you either get relabeled and rebranded to something that's quite offensive to a lot of people including I would take it quite offensively in the sense that I can't believe that's being thrown as an offensive thing. Um, and uh, or you're actually basically labeled a psychopath. Oh, well. He has three cats. He needs, I, he needs them to eat the dead bodies. No, I, I don't think it's weird. I just, I just there gets a point where it's like, how many, how many, how many cats is too many cats? Exactly. Or how many dogs is too many dogs? The answer is maybe two of each. Yeah, I, I've wanted another dog for a long time. And there's been two occurrences where there was almost another dog that came home and was just going to, I was going to try and figure out how to hide it from my husband. And... I opted that I, I liked him more than the dog, so I figured I'd better not get a puppy. And I swear, though, I was thinking about this the other day. If I didn't have kids and I wasn't married, 
I don't, I don't, I don't even want to know how many random animals I would have in my house. Yeah. It. See, I'm. It would be frightening. See, I'm glad I don't have your property because if I lived where you live, I would legit live out my fantasy of owning farm animals and naming them after like hip hop like rappers I saw this as a meme so full shout out to the guy that created the meme because I thought it was hilarious but like some of the ones that were just brilliant were um hold on farm animals rapper names I just thought this was hilarious because I wanted um I want I definitely want one of them and they are Kendrick Lama Chance the Rabbit that makes sense Chance the Rabbit Childish Lambino the oh, I like that one. Notorious P.I.G. <laughs> Dr. Nay. And my personal favorite, Quacklemore. <laughs> I, I, I might have to start a hobby farm now of, of rap animals. <laughs> oh, man. I used to have, like, a collection of stuffed frogs from different places around the world, and I call them the AWA, the Amphibians with Attitude. Like legit. That doesn't surprise me. That legit was the thing I did. I had. I didn't even hide them. I left them in my living room. So anytime a girl would come over, she'd be like, "Why do you have four stuffed like amphibian animals?" I was like, "Oh, that's AWA. What do you mean a- amphibians with attitude?" And I tell them the story of like the dumb shit that I think about and get my friends to do. Because <laughs> I couldn't fly to these places, so my friends had to mail them to me. Like, once I've got my friends in on something, they're like, yeah, no, we'll totally be up for that. Like, I got my friends to send me Tim Tams from Australia because I miss Tim That's Tams. Nice. Tim Tams are, like, the best thing we, ever. When, I, when was I was growing up, up I, had, had, I worked with this woman when I was in high school, and she was obsessed with frogs. And people used to bring her, like, customers, bring her in, like, random frogs from all over, and her whole house was full of frogs. Like, it was insane. And she literally had this obsession that just caught on, and everyone knew. And anytime you saw a frog thing, you'd think of her, and you'd buy it, and then you'd give it to her. So she would just, like, every day she was constantly getting frog gifts. And, like, I don't even, I haven't obviously even really thought of her in years. Like, this was probably 15 to 20 years ago. And, like, her house was so full of frogs then that I don't even think there's probably any room for her to move right now in her house because there's probably like 5,000 more frogs in each room. Wow. It, it was crazy. Or maybe she just finally said, okay, I'm, I'm over frogs now. And then purged them all. I don't know. But that just reminded me of her. Your random frogs from all over the world. Pretty much. My amphibians with attitude. But 5,000 would be a bit so, much. Oh, like, <laughs> I don't even know. She did count at one time, but I can't remember how many frogs she said she had. But it was, but it was a lot, definitely. I can imagine so. All right, so. <laughs> okay, let's, let's pretend to get this train back on the track. Let's not even. We're, like, we're at that point. I just... All right, so we've spoken a little about a little bit about automation and... <laughs> How, how could do things if in all fairness i'm going to summarize this thing if you really want to make money easily just find the easiest thing you can do and do it and secondly follow dan candy's rule whatever everyone else is preaching do the exact opposite and make a fuckload more money simple yeah that we go that's that's the summation um but i would ask you on what would you say would be like the best three books you've re- you've read that you're like damn if i ever like whoever if anyone i meet and they go three books that you think would be impactful for my life, what would they be? What would they be? Uh, I, have you, have seen, you seen my, my book collection? collection? No. In uh, all fairness, you haven't seen mine, so... No, no I'm just saying, like, it's, it's big. I'll have to send you pictures. I this could be taken the into defin- the wrong way. <laughs> the, the, the definition of crazy obsessive-compulsive disorder or is, is my bookshelf. It's color-coded. Um, it's very, very organized. It, it gives me anxiety if the books are out of place. And it's, it's massive. I'm looking at it right now trying to figure out, and I'm also stalling because I'm trying to figure out which books. I'm trying to read all the titles and remember if that was top three or if that was just, like, okay. I don't know. You sound so Canadian when you say that. 
i am very canadian so um i don't know i really like um mike mikalowicz's new book clockwork that was one of my really really good like like recent favorites because it kind of made it forced me to which is crazy like a book doesn't force you to do anything but it it did somewhat forced me to take a real look at my business and the direction that it was going in and it made me realize that I I was allowing myself to become really unhappy in my business and that if like I don't know about you but I started my business in order to have freedom and all I did was create a monster and it wasn't serving me at all Yeah. and this book is all about um, basically, basically taking a real, real and honest look at your business and, and then removing yourself from it so that, so that if you decide to ever not leave your business but if you decide to go on a vacation that you can actually go on a vacation which to me is one of the biggest and best things that I, I want to be able to do is just to be able to even go somewhere simple like this is going to sound super Canadian but my son's hockey games I want to be able to go without bringing my computer and up until six seven months ago that wasn't a reality for me and it's really depressing when you're at a game and you're trying to watch and you have your laptop open in front of you and you can't even take two hours off on a weekend in order to be able to watch your child play yeah, I think one of the cool things and I definitely found as a way around that was um, setting, not setting times, but like just not taking it with me. Like I just, I was like, fuck it, I'll do it two hours later. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, but see, my anxiety would kick in. Yeah, it, it takes time. I would get, uh, I, I would like literally have panics where I would get an email and someone would be like, oh, did this email go out? And I'm like, I think so. Did you get it? Like I, I didn't get it, but I shouldn't have got it. So like it, Basically, then all I want to do is just go check and ease my mind instead of not being able to think of anything else for the next five hours before I get home. And then once I get home, I realize it's been sent and I've been worried for no reason. And I should always know that it was sent because it was fucked up. It's like, like, it should have been fine. But there's always that one time where something might break and it didn't go. And it's just anxiety at its best. But... It, it, it it's took a while. while. It's definitely taken a while to be able to do that and get get out of that zone and not have to worry about bringing my computer with me every single place that I go. So I do like that book. Um, I don't know if it's top three, but it's definitely one of my most recent top books. Um, I really like Rachel Hollis's books too. Her two, well, the two that I've read, um, they were really nice just because again it was a lot of things that I've experienced in my own life and I could relate to her because she has four kids and that's one of the biggest obstacles that I've ran into in business is no offense to you because I know that you don't have kids but people running businesses that don't have kids and then telling you that having kids is like not important yeah, that's sort of really the dumbest thing, which is why I keep my mouth shut, shut about that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, like I have literally had clients or potential clients that I've been interviewing, and they found out I have kids, and basically said, uh, I don't think you're going to be as focused as someone that doesn't have kids. Wow, that's a bit stupid. And I'm like, well, my kids are at school. Like, I'm, I, I deserve to be able to have a life outside of your business things, but... Definitely, they were not a good fit in the in the grand, in the grand scheme of things. So it ended up working out better, but like uh, I don't know. It was it's it's been an interesting an interesting journey. But that's that's definitely one of the big things that I get frustrated with is when people don't understand what it's like to have children and also run a business. And that it doesn't make you less of a business owner if you have kids and you schedule time around your children. Because, like, like to me, they're more important than my business. But yet I love my business. And there's times where I wish I could just, like, turn off my brain and stop thinking about my business. But at the same time, because I like it, it's, it's a joy for me to work on my own stuff now. 
whereas like like nine months ago it was not like I would literally cringe every time I had to open my computer screen and it was just because I put myself in such a bad place and but that's that's a whole other episode <laughs> yeah that would be something that we could definitely like talk about at some point but yeah yeah so that's pretty awesome the, the, the business meltdown so those like like I don't know. I really like personal finance books too. That's another, it's not really a hobby, but it's kind of a, another interest that I have beyond business books. Um, so those are pretty cool. I mean, like, okay, so what's, yeah. so like if you can give one recommendation for finance, because a lot of people suck at that. Um, I, once again, I like Profit First, which is Mike McCallowitz's book. Um, but I, as I said, as I was saying before, when you see someone that's created a system and you go, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And then you try to start implementing their system and then you realize that it's not going to work for you. Usually people will then just shut it down and be like, oh, well, this isn't working for me. This system's like shit. I'm, why did I waste my time? Where with me, I basically looked at his system for how to do it, and I took tidbits of it that I liked and adapted them so that they made sense for me, because my business itself is very complicated because I'm a Canadian. Mm -hmm. I charge in U.S. dollars. I pay my so my company operates in U.S. dollars, but I pay bills for some of my business in Canadian dollars, and then I pay myself in Canadian dollars. So it gets really complicated and. Following a finance plan from a book doesn't really work for someone like me where I have all of these little itty bitty weird things that are going on and therefore I had to basically make the system. I took the parts of the system and the overarching theme of it and then customized it to myself and made it make sense for me. And I think a lot of people need to start doing that in their business and realize like you don't need to copy everything. You don't need to follow a system exactly because sometimes it might not work for you. And if it doesn't work for you, then that doesn't mean that the system is broken or the system is incorrect or the system's a piece of shit. All it means is that you didn't adapt it correctly to make it work for your business. And then you just need to troubleshoot and figure it out. Exactly. So, and I've, there's two life lessons there for everybody. For sure. I mean, one of the things I'd say to round out the show, though, would be um, one of the books I've been rereading lately is uh, Dan Kennedy's Magnetic Marketing. I was looking at that one. I, I haven't read it yet. It's, a, it's on my bookshelf. I just haven't got to it. I got it on audiobook because it's only three hours long, so I've been listening to it. It's really good. It's a really, really good book. I mean, something I've not read in a long time, and it reminds me I should really go back over his course because I actually own it. I just need to go through it again. Because like that yeah, dude. I've heard that he's he's really really, really good with, with. Oh yeah, absolutely the best. Marketing and one of the best. Yeah, I I actually have in my Amazon cart, like like I think all of his books sitting there waiting. They're like on my wish list, and I just haven't pulled the trigger on them yet and actually ordered them because I have a book graveyard of books that I need to read. Yes, you need to go through the graveyard first. That's, that's clearly one clearly one that I have to get to. For sure. But yeah, guys, go definitely check out Courtney's website, which is flowautomationinc.com. Also listen to her podcast, which, could you remind me of the name again? Uh, greater Than Business, and it has a website as well called or greaterthanbusiness.com, so it's pretty easy to find. Yeah. And am I, can I just kind of say what it's about? Yeah, for sure. Go for it. A little it. bit? Yeah. So it's, it's basically a podcast that's, it, it, it's, it's a lot like this conversation that we just had where I, I kind of go on random, random talking, but I basically set it up so that I could speak about all of the things in that business owners do that think that they should, that basically they should be doing and that they forget why they started their business in the first place and they lose sight of what priorities they used to have because their business kind of becomes this monster that takes over and it's basically kind of reminding you that things and insert thing here is has to be greater than your business so your life should be greater than your business or your children should be greater than your business and it's basically just kind of analyzing how 
you can lose sight of that and that you, like, i keep reminding people to come back to, ok, why did you start your business? what is your priority here? is was your priority when you started your business to have freedom or was your priority to make ten million dollars? because all of a sudden you've lost sight of the freedom that you were seeking and you're chasing the dollar signs and that's not going to make you happy. so yeah, that's kind of how it started and that's where it's gone and it's it's very new so if you want to give me some love, bring it on. for sure. It'd be great. guys go check it out. i mean um I think it's going to be a great show because you do talk about some stuff, especially with mental health as well, and like the insights of how you see things, which are very, very powerful to see. Guys, it's been a pleasure to have you on here, Courtney. I hope you guys have enjoyed the randomness of today's episode. <laughs> I like breaking these up with shows like this because they're just fun for everyone. Um, comment below on who you want to actually have next on the show. And guys, I will see you very, very soon. Bye.